three, two, one, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Fours podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is our first ever FET Friday, and if it's not too corny or obvious, we are going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett episode for episode. And we would also like to announce that we're going to have some guests help us out with these discussions. And the first one today joining us is our friend Alden Diaz. Thank you. Happy holidays and welcome back. Happy holidays. I have a special surprise uh, for your audience. Oh. Um, it's that on this first Fet Friday, it is four Puerto Rican friends. Yes, that is correct. And how much better can it get? <laughs> People the, the, didn't the believe us Puerto Rican Christmas is the best Christmas, but here is the absolute proof for it. That is true. Four, and it's that, that, that is better. a fact. That is 100% true. Um, this, I, I believe that Noche Buena at the Boba's Palace is probably the, the event of the, of the year. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who True. there is Puerto Rican. I have theories, and we'll get to that when we get to the okay uh, gotcha. cantina yeah. scene here. Right, right. <laughs> I, 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 I felt like a cuatro there, like something yeah. going on. There was the, that was the best cantina. That was the best cantina for sure that I've it's seen great. in Star Wars. And we'll it, we'll definitely get to it. But when I saw that cantina, I'm like, of all of the ones I've seen so far, and there's one that I want to visit. It's this one. Mm -hmm. Like all and the Jennifer other ones, Beals, what the hostess? That was yes. surprising. Yeah. Yeah, like that a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, that, that was there we go. awesome. Mhm. Mm I have to deep. disagree over like uh, Fed Friday being corny. It's not it's not corny at all. It's a, you know, alliteration. <laughs> alliteration always works. And I don't know. I think people have really based on what I've seen on the Twitterverse uh, on the Twitterverse for everyone uh, everyone's names for their Boba Fett recap shows, everyone has like really pulled out the their A game and have gotten them some really creative names for their Boba Fett recaps. I saw like the Boba T recap, the book report. I've seen like a lot of Boba really tees. cool stuff. I like that. So, so I I'm do like, like that. So kudos to everyone for their creativity. Because, uh, you know, their A game is on display. I liked a uh, <laughs> uh, fr friend of all of ours, uh, Charlie Ashby's, is a... Uh, the bibliotheque of Boba Fett. I was like, wow, how, how proper. Oh, proper, yeah. how proper. <laughs> they, 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 they sit champagne in that one. They don't yeah. drink beers. That, that was no, classic. Not at all. <laughs> yes, it, it, exactly. That's it's not even a cantina. That's a, that's a yeah. high class bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like you need a password to get in and everything. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, initial, re I mean, obviously, this is the second live action show we've gotten. Uh, since The Mandalorian, obviously a spinoff of The Mandalorian since Boba Fett came back in those two epic episodes that the names escaped me from season two. Uh, Magna Wen and Tamara Morrison are back to like further the adventures of Boba Fett after his supposed death at the, you know, the pit of Carcoon. Uh, Boba Fett's back. He's ready to kick some ass, even though apparently he's not that ready to kick some ass since he's got <laughs> some healing to do in that back pit pod. Uh, but some initial reactions before we get into the nitty gritty of like what happened in the episode. Alden, you're our special guest, so why don't we start with you? What were your initial reactions to the book of Boba Fett, chapter one, Stranger in a Strange Land? Well, it's really interesting because as I've said in a couple places, I am on record as a Boba Fett hater for pretty much my life. Uh, <laughs> not and, and like not hate like actively like ah he sucks, but like a 
why do y'all like him so much? Like in an overrated type mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. Like in a this guy, like in, his dad is 10 times cooler, you know, especially growing up with Attack of the Clones. Like Django did more, he had more character, yeah. he had more swagger. Um, but then everything changed with that last season. You know, you get a little tease of him up top, but then Rodriguez with the tragedy just like kicked it so far out of the park that I thought, oh, wow, I really want more yeah. of this guy. Then there's the announcement so i was excited coming into this and i just i felt like it overall worked so well did so much with so little and the part of me that loves it when artists subvert expectations which i know is dangerous dangerous language (laughs) um you know online don't don't subvert too many expectations or else they'll give you you know 300 million dollars to make two sequels to your detective movie um (laughs) But, you know, it really hurting uh, Ryan Johnson over there. But the the entire ethos of the show was how much ass can we kick? It's going to be super criminal, super gritty, all this stuff. Rodriguez saying it's going to be all killer, no filler. And then they delivered a really soulful, quiet, bittersweet, mm-hmm. sort of somber episode about an aging guy. You take everything away, just an aging guy that never had anything. And I love that it started there. There are criticisms that we'll get into that are valid, but yeah, coming away very positive on this one. Nani, what about you? Yeah, I, I actually completely agree. Um, I was really, really excited when they announced Book of Boba after we got so much development into this character in Mandalorian, because like you, Alden, I was like, why do people like him so much? He has like two lines <laughs> in the entire series and he doesn't do that much. Um, but I really so love what they did with time. the character. Um, I really love what they did with the character. And then when they announced it, I was like really excited that he was getting his own show. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as you start really thinking about it, it's like, oh, they're probably going to fuck it up. So then I started to get worried and I was really worried that they were going to go the whole full, you know, crime lord, badass explosions kind of thing. And I forget all the development that happened to this character and then just go back to, oh, I'm an action figure and that's all I do. So I was really, really happy that they didn't go that direction. And they're taking, I actually really, really like the pace of it. I like that they're going slow. I love that it's in the desert, but it's colorful at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like the suit colors pop and everything Mm -hmm. pops. The Tusken Raiders have different colors. They don't all look like sand. Um, And the beginning, and now I'm getting a little bit into it, but that first like minute of it was so gorgeous when you get mm. you know the twin sons Jabba's palace from the outside then inside shot completely empty but in an angle and in a way that's so reminiscent of Return of the Jedi I totally mm-hmm, expected mm-hmm. to see Han Solo like plastered on the wall somewhere mm-hmm. and and then that scene in Camino in the storm mm-hmm. and then shot to him holding his dad's helmet and then being digested in the star like that <laughs> and how did he get out and it just that one minute I was just like whoa that's how you begin a show so Mm -hmm. it has its issues there's it's not perfect we'll get to that too but i came out very very happy with the first episode Mm -hmm. well who's next (laughs) i feel well not to jump on everybody what everybody has been saying because (laughs) it's absolutely true uh i believe what popped to me was just how beautiful it was how Mm -hmm the story and the visuals were so intertwined. Uh, there's, and the music as well. There's, there's an element 
and I think it usually we take it for granted that t like a TV show has to have like a music has to have uh, the visual aspect and it has to have the story, and usually you don't have like a like a good like everything being on par. And I think this show like started this way, like everything visually was striking the whole mm -hmm. development of like the play between like the dreaming and the mm. reminiscing the memories the while at the same time recovering peacefully which is very reminiscent of like you know like it, it calls back to like meditating and like going through trauma and like like helping and healing yourself mm. there's there's going to be pain but it's mm. you're still healing in that way so i like, like that approach but i also think that it's so in brand with what Boba Fett was because as you said Nanny and like Boba Fett was only in a few minutes in the movies at the beginning mm -hmm. but if if one thing you got from it was like oh wait Darth Vader respects Boba Fett mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the, the most feared thing in the galaxy has respect for this person yeah. and then yeah. the show is all about like Oh, I'm I'm gonna rule by respect, which is like, wait, is is this actually called back to what the character was supposed to be, or is this just like the development of like, you know what, strike away all the badassery crime lord thing? That's BS. That's just baby baby child because this it's a more difficult uh, Machiavellian way to rule mm -hmm. by love and respect. Like ruling by fear is the easiest option that's that was the java option but the whole idea of respect and like healing at the same time and just giving an opportunity it it, it shined through the whole episode so that's what that's what i cared about it honestly so yeah and no, i i agree with everybody uh my first my first like impression though when once the episode was over uh to kind of like start with right on a different note than everyone did was that it <laughs> did not have like the same oomph that Mandalorian episode one did because I don't know maybe it was a thing of expectation when you're watching Mandalorian for that first time you've never had a live action uh, Star Wars show before so when you see that and with especially with that Grogu reveal at the end it, you know it kind of knocks you on your ass it's like holy crap what are we watching uh, mm -hmm. here Uh, so to all of a sudden uh, come into Book of Boba Fett and not have any of that was kind of jarring in a sense because you're, you know, you're expecting something bombastic, right? Great. And to have a restrained approach, I think was really smart decision because it sets itself apart and it's a, it establishes itself as a different type of story. This is not the story of, you know, of a man seeking, you know, the, his, the world and the, uh, return this child to it's no it's a man reckoning with himself and trying to find himself in this new place which obviously that's what the namesake of the of the episode title is stranger in a strange land the first thing i thought when i saw the episode title was obviously the iron maiden song and then i'm like okay mm -hmm. well, let's look more yeah, into yeah. that <laughs> obviously iron maiden has more is there's bruce dickinson knows his history so what is the song actually about and obviously it's a book by robert heinlein which might be controversial depending on who you ask, uh, which is obviously, uh, well, not obviously because I have to look it up, uh, but it's also based on a title, uh, a Bible verse that, you know, 
more or less has that uh, phrasing in it. And you know, you don't really have to look into it that much to understand what stranger in a strange land means. It's a person in a strange land trying to understand who he is in that place and what his place is in the world beyond. So having that duality of like Boba Fett with the Sand People and the Tusken mm -hmm. Raiders and in the, in the quote unquote new world, which is not the new world, but you know, in Mas Espa and trying to be a crime lord and having him be a stranger in both places and having been two strange lands that are opposed to each other, but in the, sa the same really to him because he doesn't understand either of them. He just escaped uh, his life as a as a, you know, a Tuscan Raider because, from what we saw in Mandalorian, he was living among them for who knows how how, how long, and now he's back in his Mandalorian mm. armor to be uh, a crime lord. He's never been a, a crime lord. He's always been you know an, an employee. So what does he know about running <laughs> a business? He doesn't know how to close the books. He just yeah. knows how to get paid. Uh, he probably has direct deposit, so he doesn't know what to do with the oh, coins and, 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 and payroll and all those things. So <laughs> thing was really interesting. Uh, it was really interesting in that sense. The only, it, the, I, the only issue I have with the show, well, the show's not over, with the first episode was its pacing of the present timeline. I felt like that one was a little undercooked. I mean, I know obviously they're, it's a pressure cooker, right? So they're like building up towards the end, but you know, like, can't give it a pass for that because it's a series, not a movie, and the episode has to conclude. Uh, so, like, I felt like the present parts of the episode needed a little more development than just like, okay, I'm out and I'm back in the pot because I got knocked, the, I got the wind knocked out of me. That I felt was a little weak. Uh, but all the parts with uh, Boba Fett with the Sand People and the Tusken Raiders was just, you know, amazing. It was just a master class and pacing and using silence as a as a tool to tell the story i think that that was just genius so like i i really on board for what's coming so we'll see what the next six episodes have in store for us which is interesting that you say next six by the way so, uh, mando had opinions um if i don't know how easy an edit that'll be uh so if if for it will some not reason, so people will <laughs> if <listen>. people <laughs> <laughs> People will hear, yeah, right in the middle of Goose talking, Mando. Um, I have a theory that he's upset. I was saying this to Tori during our recording that uh, this is not the TV show that he was named for, so he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> versus Mandalorian, he would watch very intently uh, during those episodes. Um, you know, it's interesting that there's seven episodes in this show because normally, outside of WandaVision, which was also a sitcom so that went to nine episodes and what if was a different mm -hmm. scenario what if got changed by the pandemic um because of animation and all that but the the seven episode count is interesting because rodriguez had gone on in interviews about how everything we've seen in the spots and trailers so far was just yeah. the first episode if not the first half and that clearly was not the case true. <laughs> which is not and yeah which is not a dig on on robert you know because he's not editing the show himself yeah he does he probably doesn't even know what's in the trailers, he's not yeah. in the marketing meetings and things like that you know so he it's like it's not like robert you said i would get my punk rock biker girl in this episode you liar <laughs> um although i i did i did look for her um she's not there <laughs> in the uh, background like, <laughs> I was, where are you my love um i thought you were gonna be in this episode <laughs> but um and there's no dinner scene so it's like, mm -hmm. it's almost, it's twofold. The point that I'm trying to say here is A, sometimes when you're as plugged in as we are, as diehards, that mm -hmm. could be a detriment. B, 
because then you know you find yourself like how many minutes are left in this thing i haven't gotten my dinner scene yet and then you're right. like oh it's over five minutes <laughs> oh and two minutes of those are credits oh no it's <laughs> over uh, so mm-hmm. you start doing that to yourself but then there's also the element of real life this is a corporation is it possible that maybe at a time this would have been this long epic premiere with a lot of punch at the end and maybe that dinner scene and maybe biker girl um whoever she is if she's an important character or not and then they decided that's race mom come on oh but of course but of course (laughs) um she's a palpatine clone you could see it in the way that she stands (laughs) Um, but (laughs) is it possible that maybe things were shifted at some point this year to squeeze this into 2021 just by a couple days that way it can get awards consideration for this year and not compete with andor kenobi etc etc that's just i have no evidence for that whatsoever but it was something that i was thinking like it's it's a very disney move to be like, why yes, compete with ourselves? the type of corporate thing that's not surprising. Yep. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. can you guys, hey, can you guys shave that first one in two? And then we could slide it into that fourth quarter. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit like that because to build off your point, Goose, it, it's, a, it's a good ending. It's very compelling, you know, and we'll get there when we get there with the Tuscan finally offering that gesture. Mm-hmm. The Tuscan yeah. chieftain, who is really cool. Um, yeah. But then there's, it's that element of, it, it Boba Fett, so he doesn't require something to really drag you in, like a new character like Din. So I get that. You don't need mm-hmm. Grogu. You don't need a legacy character or something like that. But it definitely did feel like more of a down note than we normally go out on in these episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, just an interesting observation. You know, This is our first project outside of Solo to come out in the mm-hmm. Disney area that's about a legacy character, first and foremost. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like they almost feel maybe like more comfortable to do slower, more comfortable to be a little undercooked because they're like, we know we got you. Like if this was Chewbacca, the series, or yeah. if this was, you know, uh, uh, Wedge Antilles, the series, like these hey, are the characters that they don't, don't need don't to mess sell. with Wedge Antilles. <laughs> that, that could, there could be something there. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just me thinking about, you know, the real life stuff as well as like how that affects us. Cause I know that I was guilty of it and I had to be like, Hey, it's not the episode's fault that it was ep- edited this way. It's not its fault mm-hmm. that I was expecting things that were said, you know? So. Yeah. I, I wonder I though, if it's, I mean, not to say that the episode was bad, that's not what I am implying by any means. I'm, in terms of like storytelling though, like in these types of new streaming shows, I wonder if sometimes the way these episodes are structured is in that streaming structure sense, right? Where they're meant up to springboard off each other and just be meant to be binged, even though obviously Disney is not doing the binge model and they're doing the weekly model, which I think is the best way to do it. Uh, but I don't know if that, you know, uh, streaming mentality of like writing everything as like one you know, like a long movie that's just split up in a couple of episodes kind of hurts the stability of storytelling within individual episodes. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know if that's the case now with Boa Effect because we've only seen one episode, but uh, definitely it's a thing that's symptomatic, at least with shows like Stranger Things. It's just like, you know, it's just 
one, you know, one whole thing. And by the end of it, you don't remember what happened in any one episode. In one, uh, one yeah. yeah. Which so. Mandalorian <laughs> sort of was able to overcome. Right. Um, yes. right. At least for the most part, like you can, let, let, let's pretend we weren't big nerds and we didn't know like the titles <laughs> and the breakdown. But mm-hmm. if you were a casual person, like mm-hmm. any of our parents or our coworkers, whatever, they can, they can communicate it in a language like, oh, that's the cowboy one. That's the frog one. Mm-hmm. That's the the one with the 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 Jedi. That's the one with Luke. Mm-hmm. That's the so they were able to yeah. sort of create these moments. And I don't know yet what this one's individual identity is until I've seen the entire piece. And then maybe I'll say, that's mm-hmm. the one with the mm-hmm. centaur in the sand, the big beast. Like maybe that's what will this one will go down as. But um, yeah, there's a lot of we're at that point now where there's a lot of uh, interesting conversations about sort of the whole of the thing about the entire Disney plus effort about what this Mm -hmm. means for star Wars. I saw some people saying, I'm not sure what Boba Fett, like I'm not sure what his motivations are, what his headspace is here. And it sort of gets into that conversation that not that I like to compare it with Marvel because I really don't. um, But it gets into a similar conversation of, well, if you want his headspace, it was kind of in the other show. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't need that, but also that's the the, the definition of a spinoff. Even though he's right. the legacy character, he's building mm-hmm. off of Din's adventure. He's coming off of Din's adventure. Like this Fennec is a Fennec who a hot minute ago fought with Bo-Katan, saw Luke Skywalker. Like it was, the, these people have that sort of context. Um, I wish it would have started with a scene of him picking her up, by the way, from, from the light cruiser. And her being I mean, like, maybe maybe there'll be like a scene where like Fennec gets knocked there. out <laughs> and she gets knocked yeah. out and then she's in the back to pot and then she gets yeah. the flashback to when she gets rescued. Maybe the yeah. back to pot is our flashback machine. Well, I, the, that's an interesting point that you make, which is about the back to pods narrative function. Um, the, the sin, and I had to remember the name, uh, the sin in chapter three, Deborah Chow's uh, first episode in the first season. It's when Din has what might be my favorite Din line, at least in that season, which is my armor has lost its integrity. I may need to begin again. And it's like, yeah, it's about your armor, but it's about your soul. It's a, mm-hmm. the fact that you were this gunslinger and now there's this baby. You just gave this baby up. And that's that's the inciting incident of I can't leave him. And that's when our story really kicks into the mm-hmm. next gear. Um, that's when Din's journey from i found this kid to i'm going to become the father starts there that's what begin again is and he gets the new shiny beskar version but it's also what is your next step here and every time he's at that forge is when he reconciles with his past every single time Mm -hmm. that the armor's hammer comes down this is boba fett's forge he's actually putting his body back together he's healing Mm -hmm. his his skin is smoothing out and coming back together Mm -hmm. his eyebrows are coming back like Mm -hmm. the literal reformation of this man as he reconciles with the past so it's just a nice trend that i've noticed with the two of these guys that they're forming and knowing that obi-wan and andor are also coming andor having his the tragedy in his life with his parents you know having been in the confederacy and then Mm. obi-wan very obvious and then ahsoka very obvious so it's like there's Mm -hmm. a trend here of like all of our shows are going to be about broken people and i would like to see sort of 
that same intertwining device. I think it's very neat. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons that it's working so well that they're doing the two timelines, like how he became the person we met in Mando and then what happens mm. after that. And then they're doing it very in a parallel way because one of the first things that happens to him is that his best guy stolen. Mm-hmm. And then one of the awesome scenes that I really love when he's with the Tuscan Raiders is when he's fighting and he's become over dependent on his best car and he's not defending places that he knows the best car protects him his head his chest his back so mm-hmm. he gets completely overwhelmed just because he's become over dependent on that armor and then in the present era you see when they suit him up which is very like japanese samurai getting ready mm-hmm. for war mm-hmm. gorgeous so it, i i'm really really enjoying the parallels and those droids are like I was saying this to Tori <laughs> in our episode those droids are like <laughs> We will, you want us to dress you? We'll do it. Because the last guy, <laughs> horrible. We had to put lotion on him. But then the guy before him, giant slug, even worse. Even more lotion. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just want us to carry armor pieces? That's awesome. Sounds We're good. Yeah. yeah. We'll, no we'll work overtime too if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, which, which is, which probably like, that's the theme of the whole episode. It's like, it's like water in a way like it's the contrast between like it starts boba and back the tank but then we also get the ending which is boba getting the water as a reward and water being the healing element in this whole episode the only instance we saw fire was when boba was trying to like just blow his his way out of the sarlacc uh mm. So, and it's very interesting because we see the dryness, the progress of like what the desert and uh, the exposure to just the harsh fire of the sun does does to boba skin, and it keeps dehydrating, dehydrating. But then the the uh, the the antithesis to it is the present. It's like it's actually so rehydrating that, as you said, uh, Alden. Boba's like regaining a new perspective and learning from this. So coming in, like, I guess, without any expectations, I thought it was like the perfect like ending because it was like the moment where that was Boba's next transition. It's either you adapt or die. It's kind of like the message that Boba lives by. Mm -hmm. And at all moments, you know, just got to adapt. Now I don't have an armor. Okay, I'll adapt to the Tuscan. Raider, and we we see what we know the ending of that journey. It's a the mm-hmm. badass boba that can take on anything. Uh, but then now we're seeing the the boba that's rehydrating. That that was a very dehydrated boba. That was a boba that wasn't. Absolutely, it's, it's like the boba that had COVID. The soul. Yeah. Yeah. It was. No, 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 I'm thirsty. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like every, everybody in the in the episode is like, sorry, everybody, like, oh, yeah. 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 Like a drink here for our souls. But and also where what were his formative years the planet that never stops raining the planet of yeah. always ocean um exactly which is the that first like thing the beautiful contrast and mm-hmm. and that planet is nothing but these embryonic cloning pods you know mm-hmm. the the simulation of the of the womb of the mother um we know he came up in one of those he was unaltered because he is the stranger in a strange land. Camino is a strange land. No one knew it was there. Obi-Wan had to yeah. go find it. And there's one out of thousands upon thousands of clones that is different. Well, 
technically two. We just found out. Mm. But still, <laughs> yeah. at the time, you know, he requested <laughs> one unaltered clone to be, you know, Boba Fett has always been the other. He's a clone. He doesn't have brothers. He's the Mandalorian, kind of. He's the gunslinger without a soul. Well, he kind of actually does have one. Like, he's never <laughs> fully fitting into anything. He's not like Bosk and Forlom and all of them that are pretty much just heartless brutes. Um, he's never 100% in anything. And, you know, Mo, you're talking about adaptability there. Made me think of Kanan and Sabine. And when Kanan is telling Sabine about that, the fact that so many of the Mandalorian uh, fixtures, all the weaponry is about adaptability. And so that mentality, even though he says to Casca Reeves and to Din that he's not a Mandalorian, he's also very quick, A, to adapt like one would, and B, to throw out his father's credentials because he can say, I never swore a creed. I'm not a Mandalorian. I just want the armor. But deep down, there is that part of him that's like, I wish I could be my father. And he needs yeah. to reconcile that with the broken child, with the Tusken Raider. And we'll get to that if we do predictions at any point, because... Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, gotta, based on what you're saying, what's going to happen is episode two, Mace Windu is revealed to be alive and Boba's <laughs> going to go on a hunting mission well, to the, kill him because the, he's the, a badass. Here's what you don't know, though, Goose. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaking this right here, is that the chieftain is Mace Windu. Is Mace Windu. <laughs> and this is all a play. Mace is getting in his head. You earn his trust, and then he's going to give him water. He's going to splash it on him, and he's going to take his mask off. <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would, that that would be i've always been against the whole bringing back mace windu thing but me too if it happened that way i might get on board the benny hill theme song when he splashes in yeah. <laughs> oh uh, be fantastic but yeah it, it, there's so much going on here and we haven't even like you know that they said off air this was going to be short it was a mistake it was a mistake to bring me on the show if you wanted something short. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's so much going on there's so much going on i mean and i'm really loving what they're doing with the tuscan raiders because they've been yeah, like yeah. we got a little taste of the fact that they had a humanity back in mando but usually they've just been the villains all the time i mean an entire mm -hmm. tribe of them was slaughtered by anakin oh. and we didn't care i cared right. we did it i did well you cared <laughs> i cared <laughs> I cared. I cried for. I cared Tuscans. about Tuscans before anyone cared about Tuscans. <laughs> not, well, not speaking most... generality, is not. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. Sorry, Mo. You are you are so enlightened. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was not like Padme, where Padme was like, okay. Anyway, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's have yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm more genocide. upset about the sand than the Tuscan Raiders. You know. So, <laughs> so, um, so I'm really looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen, like his life with the Tuscans and, and what they're going to do with that. So I, yeah. I'm really, really, really excited to see that. And then you can already see that he's having a bond with the child mm -hmm. Tuscan yeah. and, and yeah, obviously he doesn't adopt it because there's enough adoption going on in Star Wars <laughs> at the moment. We can take a pause from it's it. A big, and big trend right now. You know what? You know what? Maybe that's that's a good thing to foment. You know, there are kids out there that don't have families. No, no, yeah. that need families Absolutely. So <laughs> go for it. And that's the thing, though, that, you know, this is sort of like, again, veering into predictions a little bit. But mm -hmm. a big question in Mandalorian season two was a. Why now? This, if, mm -hmm. if you could track it, if you knew where Cobb Banth was, which you clearly did. And, you know, you yeah. you saw Din leave with it and that's what causes you to leave planet 
why now? What have you been up to for five years? What have you been simmering? Is it that you couldn't find it? Is it that you thought Cobb Banth was a, a good guy and you wanted to let him run the town with it? Like you felt like you didn't deserve it anymore because you lost all mm-hmm. these questions. And then it clicked with me watching this. And I thought, the man who doesn't know who he is mm-hmm. quit. He retired. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really think that all five years are going to be with this Tuscan tribe. Yeah. 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 And like, me too. That's, yeah. that's when I was like, oh my goodness, he stopped being Boba Fett and became truly one of them. That gaffy stick yeah. that he has, that black robe yeah. that he has, those are earned. Like, yeah. or perhaps right. if they want to go fully tragic, taken off of a brother in that Ooh. tribe. <laughs> Um, and then the chief, I, then, yeah. and then seeing the gang and it made me realize, you know, the gang that was tagging up that building, I was yeah. like, ah, oh, this tribe is not going to make it. And that's, what's oh. gonna make it say, all right, where's my stuff? Like it's <laughs> time, time to mow people down. This is the revisionist Western. Like un- mm. I said on Twitter, like unforgiven, like Logan, like all these things, like you wouldn't let me have my peace and now you're going to pay for it. And that's <laughs> what is like the okay they wouldn't let me have my peace kill them all no take over take over and make sure this doesn't happen again and that's respect over fear i don't torture that type Mm -hmm. of stuff so i really think this is going to end up being probably top 10 saddest star wars plots (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's interesting it's interesting for sure because when they were starting to frame the whole story of him with the Tuscan Raiders. I mean, the first thing that popped into my mind when I was seeing that sequence is like The Last Samurai, which yeah. movie that I love, by the way. And it's just like him, you know, being taken captive by like an enemy tribe. And mm-hmm. Last Samurai, obviously, is the samurai. He's the Westerner. Here, obviously, Boba Fett with the Tuscans. Absolutely. Uh, the only, the only issue I kind of had like in the back of my mind while watching that is just like, oh, I just hope they don't do the trope thing where he becomes. The savior, and then he leads them. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I he just should hope still that be just... the a side guy. Yeah, just one of them. right. Yeah, he should just live in peace with them. You know, he's like, oh yeah. yeah. I, it's kind of like I dances with one. wolves. You know, like yeah, he, you're just, oh, you're just yeah. a guy in the tribe. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you he doesn't become your the guy. And, and that <laughs> just that, that <laughs> yeah. stuff with the child Tuscan, which by the mm-hmm. way, child Tuscan and his dog being an, a meme now and being shared all over is the best. Just a kid and his dog <laughs> just chilling. Watching, yeah. watching this guy I captured get me water. What a life. Taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. And getting credit for some guy decapitating a monster. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but that best is, life. that's him. You know, that is not a direct experience that little Tuscan has its clan, unlike Django being taken from him. But seeing the way that he immediately had the soft spot for the kid, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to see any child in any pain why he stops the monster, why he doesn't swing at the kid when he could have. Yeah. And then that connects to Attack of the Clones and then connects mm-hmm. forward to, no, we're not done. I told you that we would take care of the child. The child is not safe. Yeah. We're sticking with you. Mm-hmm. Grogu, the Tuscan mm-hmm. kid, all this stuff. Um, possibly Omega down the road. I don't know. Um, how will he see everyone that he interacts with he's immediately this is how you smooth out a lot of the canon concerns because there have been mm-hmm. some you know controversial you know in the past couple of years boba appearances i believe he gunned down a, a pregnant Pregn- character yeah. in yeah, one of the comics which was mm-hmm. which is you know not a choice i would have made but is is, mm-hmm. is canon so you have to deal with that um this is how you reconcile the horrible 
life that he led with who with the enlightened guy that he is in Mando is by giving him these years to really have a trial. Yeah, I just imagined him all of a sudden with like a, his adopted Tuscan kid and now a Tuscan <laughs> wife living in a sweet ass black, you know, tent, mm. the, li- living just living the life. And I, I want to see that episode just him just chilling in the in the desert. With this Tus- yeah, which I thought was a really interesting decision to switch these this Tuscan tribe away from the huts we see in like Attack of the Clones that like all the regular Tuscans that we have known thus far to have and just have like these black tents which yeah. is more evocative obviously of westerns right and like mm-hmm. uh, the native americans in the desert uh versus obviously the, the cowboys and stuff so it's like the analogy the analogy with like more western film and mythology is they're really hammering it obviously with mando and now with a uh, book of boba with like all these visuals but also with kurosawa right bringing in like Damio and all these like mm-hmm. like you were yeah. saying now like having the emperor be dressed and all these things like bringing all these mythological uh, narratives from uh, western american mythology and then right. japanese samurai mythology into book of boba fett really like really enriched it in a, in a way that i thought was uh, really clever it's just reinventing things that we've seen before in ways that are new and exciting because they have to challenge we would themselves get, right they have right? To, yeah right? because you can only go to the well that you've gone to, you know, the, the, the Campbellian mm-hmm. monomyth so many times after a while, it's like, okay, we've done regular Western a bunch. What about mm-hmm. revisionist Western? We've done hidden fortress and certain things, but what about other aspects of, you know, of, of the daimyo of the Shogun and things like that. And then for the fantasy, the high fantasy stuff of it too, there's talk of, you know, I'm not going to be carried through the streets like a nobleman. There's, you know, the yeah. throne being like, yes, it's very Godfather and it'll get more, you know, classic mafia. Because um, that's, you know, the last of the classic genres mm-hmm. that they really haven't touched outside of a lot of classic horror. Um, and who knows how that might tie in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but him sort of being on that throne and having those conversations made me really think about how the conceit of Jabba the Hutt before he really had a character was what if there was this grotesque sort of dragon in a castle and then that dragon was also a gangster you know you combine mm-hmm. those two things with the dragon slayed quite literally uh, by the princess warrior now the castle is empty and you see you know how big Jabba's bedroom was around his pod like is it too mm-hmm. much for the lone knight to actually deal with like this dragon's lair like will it swallow him and then that hard cut to the sarlacc sort of like that mm-hmm. now it's claustrophobic um so much going on of all of the blendings of these things that you know i think are so effective and that's like right that's what but star speaking, wars is so good at speaking of like the prince is slaying the the dragon dragon or giant slug in this case we get we get that callback right because then we have mm-hmm. our our the princess of this show uh, Boba Fett slaying the the sand monster uh, which I don't what's it from uh, Mortal Kombat the, the yeah the Goro it looked like yeah, it yeah. yeah there we go I, I, I was first like, thought I was of like, that immediately but then it went like on fours and it looked more like a centaur but I thought it was a really really cool character design yeah. and then when mm. uh when Boba actually defeats it at the end like on top of him sun behind him with the chains he looks like Kratos from God of War just like yeah. amazing and because amazing. it's Rodriguez it looks like the spider ape from Spy Kids 2 the island oh, yeah. right 
And I love that it moves with just <laughs> enough motion delay to look kind of stop motion-y. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really yeah, like the, it. The, there were nice some things that looked like cartoonish and mm-hmm. I liked about it. Like, especially mm-hmm. like see, like the scenes that were like off screen, like very widescreen sort of monster. They looked like cartoonish in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, it, it just made it more relatable. It's just like, you know, this, this is, we're watching something that's, it's it's a it's it's a fantasy and that's the beauty of it too like yeah i think it's a deliberate choice that they've when i say they i mean ilm right is are making in terms of like how to animate these things because in the past they've focused on animating how things would move in real life and i think it hasn't gotten the correct reception or a positive reception from uh, the audience because it doesn't feel right or real and they just realized that it's because we're because of movies from the past we're just used to seeing how things move when they're puppets so now they've kind of like reverted to like animating things as if it were a puppet moving and now that's why it's kind of clicking with us in that sense it's like okay because now we're, we have that framework in our mind of how we think things should be which is might not be the correct way of how something would move but because right. it's the way like a puppet would and that's what we're hardwired to look at that's what we're accepting and like you know, being more attached to like these effects nowadays, which I think look fantastic, especially for TV. It's like, mm-hmm. I would not have thought we would see a giant six-legged or six-armed monster in the mm-hmm. first episode of a show, and especially not one that looked this good. Yeah. It was fun. But in poor, terms- poor, the other alien dude that got squashed. That was oh yeah. Like, oh well, a he's, a he he's a himself, snitch. Man. He brought it on himself. Just get stitches, man. And, <laughs> that guy. You know, yeah, two Boba chances. Offered him, yeah, yeah. Boba offered him yeah. his bonds, and he just snitched on him. Sorry, he went that the way Rodian, of Rio. Uh, that Rodian, yeah, I mean, clearly has not seen Star Wars. Doesn't know um, what happens <laughs> to annoying Rodians in this galaxy. <laughs> Uh, by and the way, rubbing by it Sam in, Witwer, in Boba's face. But, oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. That's oh, a yeah. good, good callback. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, rubbed it in his face. And then, you know, got Getting him. all the water pot things. Yep. Oh, that guy. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> to say someone's got it coming, uh, but he had it coming. Uh, car, 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 he absolutely... <laughs> he would probably be my number one choice for people that, like, were asking to get got in this episode if it was not for... <laughs> If it was not for the mayor's uh, major domo, oh, uh, yeah. that, that guy is asking. Yeah, he's gonna it. he's gonna get Michael Corleone by the end. Of the yeah, yeah. he's gonna be a montage of yeah. everyone getting assassinated, and he's yeah. The first I remember watching that scene, and it's like this guy is such a prick. And I just kept expecting like a Java for like the floor to come under him right into the pit, like do something, man. But I mean, like, Bob was trying to be enlightened and whatever. But uh, me and Hosbando were like, just just die. Just kill him. Really? And Fennec was all for it. Just like, can I please kill him now? She's going to do it. She's gonna and honestly, I thought, you know, after I finished watching it, that I was still pissed. I was like, are you going that soft? I mean, you don't have to go all sunny, Corleone, but you can be Vito. Like, Vito <laughs> is logical, but he knows when somebody deserves a horse's mm-hmm. head in their bed, you know? So right, you, right, right. you can be both. Um, but I remember after watching it, I thought, and it's one of the reasons that I think it makes sense that maybe the episode was cut shorter than it was. It's like, it, it's not worth it to do something to the mayor domo like yet it's beneath him so you know mm-hmm. if there's because he threatened to have like another 
like contingency people yeah delegation show up or or the mayor's gonna (laughs) take it this way so i think there's gonna be some direct retribution against the actual mayor when the mayor decides to like show up all pompous or something so that'll be more eye-catching i think than him being like petty and just destroying the mayor domo for being no i i i actually want boba to destroy the mayor and then the mayor (laughs) will be like you know what i i just work for him i'm gonna work for you now like because i i just love just following a script he told me to say it (laughs) like kind of like how they pulled the 10 10 ring 12 rings uh the mandarin and the marble oh yeah yeah, an actor trevor trevor Uh, Trevor, oh god Like, you another, know, controversial yeah. <laughs> another controversial move. Hey, a, a controversial move that paid off to, in, in Shang-Chi. Well, well, and the question is, really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that guy, um, that whole bit, the whole uh, tributes bit, I thought was great. I thought the, uh, the we need a protocol droid gag with the Aqualish yeah. was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the whole, um, the Trandoshan bit was like a great bit of dry comedy. Like even a Trandoshan compliment sounds like a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then like horrifying. Like he's holding a Wookiee pelt. A Wookiee pelt. So I'm upsetting. Like, I'm like, I hope that's not Chewie. Like, I was like, no, what no, is no. this? That's a casual housewarming gift. Uh, yeah, <laughs> casual, I killed this yeah. guy yesterday. Here you go. Yeah. Um, it's Chewbacca. That was here's, interesting. Here's, what's what's Chewie's son called? I always forget. Uh, Lumpy. Oh my God. Lumpy, here's Lumpy's pelt. Oh no! <laughs> it's like your predecessor had Han Solo. Here's Chewie. Get Chewbacca. Oh no! Yeah. No. Hey, I did. I did feel that the that Trandoshan felt a little derpy to me. I don't know what what it was about. It's. I feel face, like but... all of them that are not Bosk, like the ones right. in Mando too. Bosk is the only. Maybe he's the outlier. Maybe they're all derpy, and Bosk yeah. is too handsome. <laughs> And they ostracize him. It's a good point. Bosk is too beautiful, and that's why he was set on this life of crime. Yeah, he's like, no way. We leave leave some for the rest of us. Oh, that's great. No, Skier is handsome too. Forgot about Skier. Oh, well, Skier. Well, he's but he's Skier's like he's damaged. He's damaged. That's the that's the truth. That is both both physically and and emotionally. Well, you High Republic fans, you know who Skier is. Uh, but speaking speaking now i think uh, i think we've had like some good chat about like the episode itself and what we thought about the inner workings of the episode but now let's do the fun part and like uh think where episode one is leading us and where episode two and beyond uh might lead to based on what we saw uh saw so far so do we have any prevailing theories again alvin you're our guest so what do you think might be happening what reveals when when is mace windu gonna show up in the show <laughs> well if you've been following sam jackson on instagram no i'm kidding uh <laughs> if uh if i may for a moment highlight us uh, an episode one scene to then tie into this mm-hmm. i loved well, first of all i love the the comedy bit that starts it of fennec starts chasing the assassins and then fennec alive <laughs> like I, he's yes. just obliterated one. <laughs> yes. it's a funny thing. <laughs> have to specify that for you uh because i know you've been itching to kill uh this entire time fennec is a great a great right hand and a great character in this mm-hmm. i mean she doesn't get a lot to do i mean she's the b character and it's mm-hmm. and it's it's a packed episode as it is with flashback uh but used so effectively uh 
her insights into the into the criminal world how she's willing to embrace the fear willing to say like you know you really probably should be carried around just for the sake of of the people in the town and everything um and how that sort of clashes but so she chases after these two guys and which was a gorgeous scene by the way them. it looks so good it looks it's so good it looks so, so big. good like everything yeah. the volume can do now, it's massive, a whole cityscape. Mm -hmm. it looks yeah, I'm glad great. they don't, they finally found a way to not make it feel like one street as they yes. Yes. mostly did in Manda. Just like one street yeah. with a couple of things on the side. And no, it, it looked amazing. Finally, I remember seeing it, I was like, it wow, like it feels yeah. like a city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it completely changed the game and has me really excited for how they're going to use it in Thor 4. And I think the Batman yeah. has a little bit of the volume as well. Um, hmm. But so she gets the drop on these two guys and has that brief moment where she gives one a look, <laughs> give another one a look yeah. and then kicks him off the roof. That's a, it's very funny. B it's a great <laughs> way to tell the other guy I could kill you very easily, but C I think it's a great character moment for Fennec because, and I, and I, and I was telling Tori this in our episode. I don't think it's, I think it may be because I watched the dark Knight recently. I rewatched it. And Joker <laughs> has that line about how you can always tell who the squealers are. I think that's what yeah. Fennec was doing. I think she yeah. was like, this one will talk and then kill the <laughs> other one. Like, like it's such a great moment to, like, she's so good at this that she's able to know which one to take in just at a glance, which exactly. I loved. And with that, predictions wise, now I don't know how hard and how big these predictions are going to go. Obviously we joke about Mace, but I, yeah. but I think the big one, I really think that these are not the mayor's people. I think it's a red herring. I think that's too easy because yeah. I believe the mayor is the authorium that we've been seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that, that the trailer. Uh, According to the subtitles in the trailers anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, images for the episodes or the trailers like have shown that they have this dude, this, this captured assassin. And maybe they'll be like, hey, why'd you send this jerk after us, et cetera, et cetera. I think the mayor would be like, that's not one of mine. And I, I mm -hmm. think that that will create sort of a bigger, who is the, the Moff Gideon of this season? You know, who's the A villain? Yeah. And I think it's Crimson Dawn. I, okay. I, but I, it's Akira. I, I don't know if Amelia <laughs> Clark is going to be in it. And if I did know, I wouldn't go and spoil it for people. Because um, <laughs> I'm not that guy. But I do think that there's way more evidence like right in our faces than a lot of people think are you are you familiar anyone here with the the theme music clue that has been going around i have not heard anything about theme music cues so for... the uh, boba actually, fett I, mean, theme. I did read a tweet today but i haven't checked it out yeah. well the boba fett theme that came out mm -hmm. if you listen to it and you go to a minute 49 exactly <laughs> it is it is like, it's not even a matter of, oh, kinda. It is straight up the Crimson Dawn motif from Solo. Like straight oh, up, it, like it, it actively <laughs> changes. So you've got all the chanting and everything that's happening in mm -hmm. Boba's theme song. Yeah. And then it just goes and like straight up goes into the Crimson Dawn theme. Um, so shit. I think that maybe this guy, like they'll search him and he'll have a necklace or something or a ring or something that we know. And maybe Kira is the Luke of the season. Maybe it's the bam, last episode. Boom, there she is. She's In your face. Palace. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a slow build toward there and that mm -hmm. only Charles Soule knows. And that's why he was instructed right. to, to write what he's writing right now. 
Um, that's my big thing. I think that it, it tracks. You have to think about what could not that everything needs to be an established character because Gideon wasn't, you know, you could be an original mm-hmm. villain and I'm sure there will be some, but for thinking about everything that has been laid out, what criminal enterprises are there, unless it's my boy Rada the Hut, it's like, who's, who's left, <laughs> who's big enough and who's left and who would have a stake in this. There's the Crimson Dawn versus Boba's new enterprise. He doesn't have a group name. Mm-hmm. Boba yeah. Boys. Call them Boba, the Boba Boys, Boys for now. The Boba <laughs> Boys. <laughs> the Boba Tees, yeah. The Boba Tee. Oh, I love that. So the Crimson Dawn versus the Boba Tees. It's the, it's the territory angle, too, and the resources. But it's also the, I used to love your greatest rival. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I still do. And you... You know, you messed with them. So there's a lot I think that could be played with there. Interesting. <laughs> Mo, what do you think? I was not thinking about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you didn't listen to minute 149 of the theme song? <laughs> minute 149 changes everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, for me, the, for me, the whole I, I, I theme song was about like, wait, is my Ori influence here going on in the music? That's what I was looking at. It's like, oh, they're really playing some cultural. And that's thing where from I was too. Polynesian like, stuff. The, the Polynesian stuff, the the Mary influence, it's sort of like a shanty, it's sort of fantasy. Yeah. Um, so minute 49 aside, it's a banger. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the key. It's the key. It's right there. It's the key. Uh, it's the key. You know, I the more I, I just want to see just the, the the fact that it's called the Book of Boba. I just want it to be more self-contained. Yeah. Nothing. But you're like, I want to see yeah. an actual book. <laughs> I mean, you can have the, you know, you can have the Lord of the Rings ending, you know, at the end, Boba's finishing writing the book and says, and thus lived happily ever after and closes it, you know, give Boba a happy ending. I don't He I'm gives not. the book to Tuscan kid. And says, <laughs> There's a few more pages. There's a few more pages. <laughs> here's, here's my armor. I bestow it upon you. Right, right. No, he's gonna give that that armor back to Cop Bank. Come on, so badly. Not, 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 But now I want. What about the kid? You know, what about that? You can have a Tuscan Raider Mandalorian. That'll, be, that'll look badass, especially with like how these t- these particular Tuscans dress. Mm-hmm. That could be. That could be. That could be a good hybrid. That, that, then you then you can have like the reverse. You know, it's the the Tuscan Raiders making sure that. Tuscan Raiders are not killed again because mm-hmm. they have they do have the myth of the genocide that happened yeah, a long time yeah. ago by uh, Anakin. So that's still that's still fresh in their minds, you know. And any day, any day. Grogu, Grogu, Tuscan kid, Ezra, Young Avengers, Young yeah. Young Avengers, yeah. <laughs> all of the adopted kids of Star Wars, the Young Mandos, yeah, <laughs> got together. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I've watched that. I, I will watch it. I've been, I've been, I will watch it. That's happening. Uh, I, I, I was impressed that I'm glad I, we saw Max Rebo back. Uh, yes. I, I'm sure, yes. I'm sure I, I heard. I'm sure That's I the heard, best part. Yeah. I, I heard like a quattro, like a quattro back there, something. It was mm-hmm. a little bit more like a little Latin jazz going on mm-hmm. with Max Rebo. I like the influence. I like to think there's yeah, the springboard. This, after, this is the springboard. After the sail the barge. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that, well, that was the whole thing is that Max survived the sail barge. And then he thought, you know, I this is a career setback. I need to change. 
I need, I need to pivot. And he got into yeah. Latin music. Yeah. And right. was like, this is the new market. This <laughs> like, is the new market. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> a logical pivot. And it was, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did not get good press. It's like, my last gig just got blown up. No one's going to yep. hire. No, no. That's not the type of blowing up you want to do as an artist. Yeah. He, now he's now it's uh you know, he says max rebo but with a a slightly insensitive accent every time he says right. it right. Like, he does it, he's like max. no no it's rebo it's rebo <laughs> max rebo <laughs> yeah. i can see that can and see and, that. and and there's there's the the jumping <clears throat> stage for this the actual movie that's been set up the max rebo adventures that's that's where we're right. actually 100%. this is just the book of boba it's just setting us up for the actual set of events. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Rebo true. versus Thrawn. Rebo versus Thrawn. Rebo versus Thrawn. Yeah. Wish, wish, Re- Re- wish Blue Rebo Tyrant will, be... will succeed. Yeah. <laughs> no, Re- Re- Rebo will be using like the Jedi music power mm-hmm. kind of thing. The force with the music. You know, we'll, it'll be interesting. We'll... <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that they gave him the same crappy costume. That looks just as bad as it did in Return of the Jedi. I'm like, yes, okay. It's like going crappy. Like, they just I think it's just... awesome though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Does it look exactly? Actually, he looked like he lost some weight. He's like, he, he was looking good. He was, he was, he was, uh, he was really rocking. I got an upgrade to the keyboard. I'm really happy for for. I mean, Max. Boba himself as well. The dad bod has significantly been trimmed down. <laughs> he yeah, has yeah, that yeah. Disney money now. So. <laughs> well, was, wow. Well, <laughs> Yeah, he went to the Polynesian resort and, uh, <laughs> and, and fixed things up. Uh, it's hey, Nani, what about you? What are you? What are you uh, predicting for for the for the series? Uh, um, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I kind of really enjoyed all this prediction, so I don't really want to mm-hmm. add too much to that. I just I really want something really bad to happen to the Mario Domo. I think just with that oh. little bit of <laughs> gratification from there in the next few episodes but uh, long term for the whole thing um like i said before i'm just what i'm looking for the most is to see uh that relationship between boba and fennec as well because there's so much respect there and she's like a really good pa- counterpoint because he's like trying to be more enlightened but she's also trying to be like but you're still a crime lord so you kind of have to you know do some of these things right you know um <laughs> So I'm looking forward to that and obviously to the life that he's going to develop living with the Tuscan Raiders. That's what I'm really looking forward to. I don't really have an end game for how it's supposed to end or not. So yeah. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I love, when I have like, I love the, the enlightened crime lord because like that scene <laughs> when he's pissed off and just blast this dude with a <laughs> yep. rocket launcher. And then the next thing is like, oh, by the way, like Fennec, Keep Benic them alive. alive. It's like, what? <laughs> you have that. You can. He had a slip up. Everyone, you know, it's all about being better than the person you were five seconds ago. Yeah. It's like, I'm on the ground, but I can shoot you. Like, just because I'm on the ground doesn't mean I can't destroy you. Watch. Yeah, I mean, this is, a nit- this is definitely, definitely a nitpick on my part when that scene, when they're like surrounded by everyone with the shields. Uh-huh. But it's absolutely a nitpick. Oh, but you have a, I was, you have a jetpack. Exactly. That was, that was what I was like. You yeah. have a jetpack, bro. But I'm like, okay, that's not the way they wanted to go. It's a storytelling thing. Let it go, Lucius. Go for Let the go. ride. <laughs> uh, maybe he forgot to fly. Maybe he didn't fill the jetpack with fuel this morning. Or you just didn't want to uh, abandon the That's what I wrote it exactly. off. Exactly. So, so, it, so it's got to be a ride or die. <laughs> now, do you think hey. uh, about that with the whole, like, get me back to the vector board? Like, is... <laughs> 
is he more hurt than he's letting on? I think that's so. Yeah, I, I, he has to be, about. right? Because he, like, yeah. like, he didn't get beat up that bad. So No, he didn't. I mean, he, like, but, maybe but he, a couple of shots. Maybe he did. Like, he was wearing metal. And he was being chocked with electricity. Maybe, yeah. But, do you, but I, mean, I mean, like, do you think that stuff from the Sarlacc all the way up till now is catching up with him? Like, Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that I think there's some lasting damage. It's kind of like uh, Frodo and Lord of the Rings with the Morgul blade. Right. Some wounds never fully heal. So maybe yeah. that's something type of thing that he's going uh, through now with the, the Sarlacc acid or whatever. Uh, maybe he'll never be 100% and he needs to just yeah. be kind of Vader-esque in that sense where he needs right. to Vader go back to the pot. Right, Vader mm-hmm. like somebody that is permanently carrying the you know he's not going to mm-hmm. be like you know maybe maybe the that we saw in the tragedy like that was also motivated by this is how close i am to getting my armor back to getting my father's stuff back like and these are also kind of dopey stormtroopers like it's easier to take them out a little bit but right that might have been sort of like the last sort of push he had in him which is a nice sort of story reason of why he wouldn't have been there obviously the real reason is you can't have Boba Fett mm-hmm. and Luke in the same scene because that would be distracting but the story yeah, reason mm-hmm. of why he chose to just be the pilot for that plan mm-hmm. and not come back um, or anything like that so it's interesting yeah one thing I mean I'm not sure exactly of things that uh, I would want to predict for the show I guess I know for sure one thing that I don't want to happen which is I saw online people saying that biker babe that she was his daughter from the comics and I'm like stop 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 it with no. like, making everyone related no. it's okay 100%. with bringing people in if it makes sense for the story but everyone doesn't need to be related she's just a biker babe in a blue bike and did she's he, awesome did he own. hook up with somebody in the comics that there could be a kid uh, apparently in the eu but like honestly I, 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 I don't no. i don't i, I don't know <laughs> And I don't care. It's just like, just do something. Just do something. Just make a new character. Decline. That's fine. I decline that. <laughs> no. The one thing, the one thing that I will actually be fanboy about wanting to see is Cad Bane coming back at some, uh, some capacity because there's still a story to tell. Obviously, Cad Bane was, you know, his mentor for a bit. I was saying as well, but Cad Bane, you know, was the big deal. And we obviously all know about the infamous Clone Wars episode that never made it to air of the standoff between <clears throat> Boba Fett and Cat Bane. We never, actually, we, we never, we never saw it, but we do know the that- The dent in the helmet's still there. The mm-hmm. it, so, could, it could be a dream. It could be a flashback. Scene. It could be a live action flashback. Oh, that's a good one. They get Daniel Logan to play a young Boba Fett and I'm all, I'm all in, okay. We just need to punch Boba Fett so he's in the back to pot flashback time and we get to see it. Uh, but uh, Cat Bane obviously makes sense to me and I would like to see that to see like how that story uh, mm-hmm. develops because there's a story to tell between the both of them. I mean, if they want to throw in Bosk, fine. You know, that's a fan service that makes sense. Uh, but I think the Crimson Rain thing would be a uh, Crimson Dawn, sorry, Crimson Rain's the kind. Right. Uh, Crimson Dawn would be interesting, though. Uh, I'm just, uh, it, it, I'm just wary sometimes of like how how things are brought in, but I can see it be done in a in an interesting way where Kira could show up and not overshadow him, because I think that would be my concern that you bring, you know, Amelia Clark and this character from Solo, and all of a sudden overshadow Boba Fett's story. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> as long as it's done. 
in a, in a way where that doesn't happen. I think it could work, but maybe Cat Bane is a mercenary that's hired by uh, Kira to, you know, take out Boba Fett and then they team up to take down Crimson Dawn. I don't know. That could be something interesting to see though. But again, another thing that I don't want to see is Boba Fett become the leader of the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. Don't do that. Just, become, mm-hmm. just, just be a guy, chilling, having yeah. a good time. Yeah. That's it. He doesn't need to. And also, I don't. I, there's, there, I mean, there's the racial and stereotypical implications. There's that level, first and foremost. Yeah. And then <clears throat> the secondary level, on, on just for him, is I think that firmly this new gig as the kingpin should be the first time he leads anything because yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he can't he shouldn't have that skill set you know because it's cool to see the unstoppable badass that's been a badass for 40 years in our popular culture now getting the drop on him in the streets not yeah then have to do. actually struggle through something mm-hmm. yeah saying that he's confused you know yeah i'm i'm, yeah. I'm the crown lord I'm confused. Yeah. What? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Well, that was awesome. To be that was awesome. Me, uh, you, it, it, <laughs> there's so many good lines. Um, I, but I now I'm starting, to, video. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to get a little worried now because I, I did notice it as, as Alden did during that. I think he's way more beat up than we think he is. And considering it's like, it was like digestive acid. It could have like a continuous, like degenerative effect on him. Mm-hmm. And he just has to go into the pod just a function so i'm starting to think that he may like keep getting worse and we might see the end of boba mm-hmm. by the end of the show so i mean i predicted the end of boba and the mandalorian and that obviously yeah. didn't happen did not happen but, you know, West, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like we talk about the westerns they're pulling from sometimes they yeah. live a lot of the time they don't yeah you know like you go to something like dances with wolves cool you go to something like logan he went out on yeah. the sword. Um, I do think, though, long term, and this is beyond Book of Boba Fett. Long yeah. term, I, I I think we all agree this kingpin thing is not going to work out. Either if it's a burn it all yeah. down, you know, Jabba's palace blows up, or like something, whatever it is, um, it's going to be you know the not all that glitters is gold story. Like mm-hmm. this is not the life that you wanted to live. You just thought you could change it, but you can't. You have to be better than it. I think that eventually maybe this is the season ender um similar to the book of boba fett teaser maybe like credits and then one more scene um mm-hmm. din is gonna show up and i think that din is gonna say like hey we're gonna take back mandalore your father fought in the wars like his son should fight in the next one like oof, you have the resources <laughs> now to help us with these new connections that you have mandalores <laughs> be better you know than this i think would be i've seen you be better than this than being a yeah. criminal kingpin mm-hmm. than um, just being yeah a crime lord you know so yeah, I, I think you... that that'll be sort of like a call to and also i think that part of him will want to show up just to piss off Bo. right be like, <laughs> hello princess <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good. oh uh, yeah i, think I do hope, awesome. i do I, def- I definitely do hope though because uh, we haven't really talked about fennec that much i do hope that fennec stops being so much second fiddle to him and kind of starts being co-equal so mm. i think they work better when they're you know they're partners and not subservient when you know when she's subservient to him so hopefully as the series goes on her level of influence on him and on each other is you know levels out and it becomes you know the book of, of 
panic as some people on the <laughs> internet like to call that ship uh, yeah. but, <clears throat> but we'll see uh, it's only it's only seven episodes we don't have to wait that long <laughs> i'm already it's excruciating it is <laughs> it is <laughs> the, the weight between them i forgot how much this is like painful it's but it's good it's good pain though there's some there's uh, something to, it is good know, pain we've been waiting a year for this holy crap it's uh like years already gone by and what mm-hmm. a year it has been and what a year and we'll release this on new year's eve so if you're listening now <laughs> It's only gonna get better in 2022. Don't worry about it. The last, God, these last I two hope years, so. these last two years have been a fluke. This is the this is our year, 2022. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, it's not. I heard someone say 2022, more like 2020. 2022. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, please Don't stop it. <laughs> but if it turns Positive out to vibes. be a shit, yeah, if it turns out to be a shit year like the last two years, at least this will be a shit year with a lot of Star Wars TV. So that is true. At least we'll have that, that is to true. look forward to. That is true. I mean, like, yeah. really, like, it is, it gets said a lot, like, that we're spoiled, but we've, we've been spoiled because, you know, the original trilogy, three years between films, prequels, three years between films. Uh, then it was another three years after that to get Clone Wars. That went away, came back, went away, came back. Sequels and Rogue One and Solo, bam, 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 bam. Like, that was already pretty spoiled. And yeah. then Clone Wars coming back, Resistance, Rebels was in there on the tail end. But but the level of spoil we're about to hit is just like unconscionably like I, I cannot believe that. Yeah, it's it's too much. Kenobi <laughs> and or Bad Batch season two, Man- a couple Mando- of movies in production, yeah. Mando three, Acolytes about to shoot in May. Um oh, which wow. by the way, that at the Acolyte there's an acolyte uh, like production sheet going around that says it'll be partially a martial arts series and that just that just like rocked my world can't wait yes, um, yes. so yeah I, this I, is the show i'm most excited next for, level. obviously because it's the most different one not to say that we don't yeah. appreciate legacy characters but it's time to give some love into some of the pushing stuff in different mm-hmm. eras and i think acolyte could be- and come on visions was amazing too <laughs> oh yes yeah, 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 exactly. yeah <laughs> I hope yeah, there's so, a visions too. I really hope there's a visions too. So it's it's proof of concept that stories outside the you know the legacy eras work and that there's an mm-hmm. appetite and a hunger for all of them. So still waiting for the uh, to open. the spinoff. We all need. Oh yeah, the Trapper oh, yeah. Wolf <laughs> spinoff series. That's just Dave uncomfortably acting for thirty minutes at a time, just avoiding eye contact at all costs with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> And you can see his hat just getting like a wider brim every single time. <laughs> it's somehow a helmet and a cowboy hat at the same time. It's a custom piece. That would be great. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. We times. know you're listening. Get on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know you watch. Of course. I have, mm-hmm. I've got your number, Kathy. Give you a call. <laughs> well, with that, I think uh, this is a great, a great, great, uh, you know, a premiere episode for like our Boba Fett series. Uh, obviously, Thank you, Alden, for joining us for, Thank as you. usual, a very spirited conversation, some good theory, some good look back to what happened in the episode and a good analysis. Uh, but with that, unless anything, anyone has anything to add, I think this is uh, the end of this episode until our next Fed Friday. I like Fet Everybody Friday. good? Everybody good. <laughs> All for Fet Friday. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. We are Triad of the Force today with 
four Puerto Ricans here. Uh, have a happy new year. Let's hope 2022 mm. is not a repeat of the last couple of years. Yeah, and please join us every week for our FET Fridays. We are Triad of the Force. Find us anywhere that uh, podcast can be found. Just search for Triad of the Force. We have shirts. Alden's wearing one too. Thank you for promoting. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, may the Force be with you.